Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mute presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board as the Boston College Eagles approved to 2-0. That's the big story. 45-28, a win over UMass. A lot of ups and downs, and we'll get into it in the podcast with Scott. Uh, but first, like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, got to join the BC uh, Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up, get more details. I know they had a bus ride to UMass, uh, big tailgate uh, for that game, and they'll be doing all the home game as well. There also will be a Friday afternoon uh, party in Temple, uh, Philadelphia, uh, as well. All the details are bcfootballgridiron.com. All right, we welcome aboard the one and only Scott Mutrin who was on the sideline reporting there for BC, UMass, and Amherst. And Scott, I guess first your general thoughts about the game, 45-28 victory for the Eagles. Yeah, I think it was a really, it was a sloppy game. Uh, a lot of penalties. I think BC had 11 penalties, maybe even 12 with 10 of them being on defense. Uh, a couple turnovers, you know, a bad decision to field a punt inside your own one yard line and you fumble. And then, uh, a uh, fumble, a fumble on a uh, where there was a missed blocking assignment, and look, which after already having the big injury from Phil Dracovic, you're already worried that uh, um, you're already worried that you're going to lose Zay Flowers too, because that looked ugly on uh, film. So, uh, and then they score after both of those possessions, and and I think that um, it reminded me more of a first game than it did of a second game. And, and when you see some of the things that, uh, the mistakes they made, uh, which you didn't see in the first game against Colgate, I think as a, as a fan of BC, you're a little frustrated to, to kind of see that. And defense kind of gave up some, some, some big plays and some yardage, which I'm sure has made, you know, some, some fans worry about that going forward. But, uh, all in all, still to be able to be resilient and get a nice, a kick return for a touchdown, a fumble recovery off a punt for a touchdown. The offensive line looked outstanding. Patrick Garwo had a career year, and then Dennis Crosell obviously did what he's want to do. Uh, the other couple times he's been in the game is come in and do his job and help uh, lead the team to a victory. Okay, let's get right to it then. You mentioned the win, but also a lot of bad news. Phil Dracovic uh, injured, hurt his wrist, had surgery on Monday. Um, and, and now a possibility he may miss the entire year. First, I guess, Scott, the broadcast wasn't too clear. Um, when did he hurt himself? And then, um, you know, I guess, how did you think Grossell played the rest of the game? Well, it, he came out after the second series in which they scored. Um, there was a play, it was a, a bootleg, and he kind of scrambled a little bit, and he got to the sidelines. And he, I think he completed a pass to Trey Barry. But it didn't look like anything out of the ordinary. Now, the, the tough thing is, is from having had some injuries uh, on my throwing hand, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you can kind of, um, 
you, you know something's wrong, but yet you, you think it's, it's not a big deal. I broke my thumb hitting it on a helmet, and then I also tore ligaments in my throwing thumb when I literally just followed through and my thumb got trapped. And it's kind of like a skier when his thumb gets trapped when you fall down. So yeah. he probably knew something was wrong, but he didn't think it was bad until he tried to grab the football. Now, we're speculating that it's his thumb. It could be his wrist. Um, I don't But I did know that when uh, the, the third series came out and Dennis Crusoe came out, that he was on the sidelines and they were definitely you know, checking out his hand. So you, you knew that he was struggling to grab, and he grabbed some things that looked like he was in some pain. I think he probably thought he could play through it, and then once that series ended, because he finished the series that got them to 14 nothing, I think he realized that the, there was something wrong there. Yeah, no question about it. it definitely a hand injury. So it, take us to, you mentioned you're your you're perfect guest to have on this opportunity. What's it like now in the quarterback room? And, you know, Grossell has played a lot over the years, so he's not a, he is a known commodity for the Eagles. But how does this change the team and going forward? Because let's be honest, they're going to have a lot tougher games than UMass last Saturday. Oh, not a doubt. And the one good thing is not very often do you, have a backup quarterback that has the amount of experience that Dennis Crossell has. Yeah, especially in college, yeah. Yeah, especially in college. He's, he, you know, most guys, if they don't get an opportunity to play after they've shown their worth, I mean, Dennis is the single-season single yardage leader in Boston College history because of his <laughs> uh, performance against Virginia last year, but he's also played a significant amount of games, and uh not very often do you have that. So that's that's reassuring. It's definitely disappointing because Phil's a special talent, and you're talking about a guy who you know has NFL aspiration, has NFL capability, and to lose a quarterback like that is definitely a blow. Definitely can be minimized a little bit by the experience you have on the offensive line, the, the receiving group, and, and the running game to, to kind of help on that end. But you can't just dismiss the, um, the leadership aspect of it. Phil has been a big, uh, big leader. It's his second year in the room. He's really kind of commanded the team, and he's he's taken a lot of reps. But it's it's just like if a guy and a receiver goes down or a linebacker goes down, you just got to kind of pick up and prepare. And I think Dennis has done a good job of that, and he's got the respect of his teammates in the way in which he's gone about his business and staying and his commitment to Boston College. Um, I think you look at the next two guys on the list, I think it's, it's uh, Matthew Reby um, and, you know, uh, what is the, uh, Dalen Maynard and then um, Emmett Moorhead, who is a pretty highly touted quarterback coming out as a true freshman. In no particular order, I think you just need to, the entire room needs to kind of pick up the slack now because a lot of guys, everyone kind of moves up a spot and everyone's got to pick up the slack for what they're, they're missing in the room. And they can, although Phil's hurt, I think he can add some, some confidence and some knowledge in the room for people to kind of help Dennis out. And if anything happens, um, Matthew out or, or Devin Maynard too. So I think you just have to uh, really – rally around each other, put in the extra time. I think the younger guys are going to be put under the gun now because they're going to have to prepare because if anything happens, they're going to have to go in there. And you're talking about a position that you only have one on the field at a time. 
and you don't have the opportunity to get reps as a young guy with the starters because there's only so many reps now with the way practices are scheduled. So it's a lot of catching up. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of pressure in that room to kind of compete because the expectations on the season are high and. The, you know, these young guys don't want to be the reason that they don't achieve the goals that they're looking for. So it's a good thing to have, but they they got to catch up. They haven't had the reps. They need to acclimate themselves. They're probably going to be in doing a lot a lot more film study than they were before. But that's that's the name of this game. You got to deal with injuries and you got to overcome them. The season doesn't stop <laughs> at any time just because someone gets hurt, even if it's your starting quarterback. Interested to get your evaluation of Grossell. You you went to the same high school with him outside Cleveland, St. Ignatius. Uh, just give us a couple strengths and weaknesses that fans may have forgot about him as we kind of go into the next couple games here. For as his I plays, mean, right? Well, with recency bias, I don't think anyone's forgotten anything because of that Virginia performance. He did he did very well, and besides. You know, two throws at the end of the UMass game, he pretty much was spot on. He missed a couple open guys that would have been touchdowns. But he's a tough kid. He's a smart kid. He's 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 a good runner. He's a good athlete, um, and he's a leader. He he has commanded the respect of his teammates, and you watch it. And when he's had to come in in the past, his teammates have rallied around him. Um, he doesn't have the elite arm talent that Phil has. Um, and maybe not some of that athleticism, but um, you're going to see a guy that he can. Um, he he. They're going to miss some things, but you're not. You're still going to have the ability to use that whole playbook and the ability to 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 run the offense as they see fit. And I think for for BC that's that's key because usually when you're bringing in another quarterback, when you have an experienced guy. You're gonna you're gonna have to cut down that playbook, and you're gonna have to stop you know kick, kick out a bunch of stuff that you wanted to run because only the starter has run it. But when you have a guy like uh, Dennis in there, you have the whole playbook at your at your disposal because he knows it all. He's run it. He has the confidence of, of his teammates, so that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to say to minimize the loss of Phil. It's a huge loss. It's a monumental loss. But you got a guy that has the experience, knows the offense, and the offense can, can run as, as the coaches have designed it to run. Okay, Scott, before we get to Temple, let's just, we got to talk about BC's defense. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on the BC defensive side. Well, see, on that, I'm going to, uh, that's where I'm kind of taking the, I think you can't get caught up in the score of what happened because you really break it down. First touchdown was up off the Zay Flowers fumble where Brandon Sebastian, I think, got caught peeking in the backfield and they hit a big play. Well, you know, they do some good things too. Second touchdown was a one-yard touchdown run. Um, a one-yard touchdown because of the, the, the dropped fumble uh, by uh, Travis Levy there. And then you look at the third one, and the third one, they had 65 yards in penalties. UMass really only had to go 20 yards to score a touchdown. Now, you can say, well, the fourth touchdown, they hit some passes, and BC didn't, you know, had some trouble controlling the running game. But you're going to give up yards. I think they only gave up 320 yards of offense. Uh, they got a big pick at the end, which kind of helped some things out. But I don't think it's as – 
I'm a firm believer in you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are. And I, I don't think the defense is as bad as everyone's kind of feeling. I think some things just went against them and didn't put them in good good situations and it caused it to look worse than what it was. Yeah, no, no question. Half and, and they played really well. They still got two interceptions. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about it's easy to look at the final score and make that deduction, but I, I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it, and the, the disappointing things that you see in it are are mental penalties, right? You have four or five offsides where they're trying to, you know, you have defensive linemen trying to time a cadence, a clap cadence, and they got caught jumping. So those are mental errors, right? And then you get two... Um, Two or three, I believe, personal fouls, which were late hits uh, on the quarterback. Again, discipline penalties, which is not a common thing. You don't see from that from BC a lot, right? Um, and then you get a pass interference. I think there were one or two. Now, pass interference penalties are going to come. In today's, today's football, especially in today's college football, any sort of contested ball or anything that you throw up is an, is an opportunity for pass interference. It's the most common call probably in college football. You're going to get some that go for you. You're going to get some that go against you. So those are things that can be cleaned up. Um, that's just a, you know, a mental thing, and that's something you can't really think that unless you start seeing a pattern of it, which – they didn't have it in the first game. So unless there's a sustained pattern of it, I don't think it's something to get overly concerned about. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. And, you know, the good thing about football is next week, you have a whole clean slate and a good opportunity. I I, th- I really like how BC's schedule is this year. You know, you start off with Colgate, the D1AA. Um, then UMass, very low-level um, BC, a bowl subdivision team. And then you kind of work your way up. Now, Temple, you know, the MAC mid-major level within the division. And then you go to Clemson. So we're kind of progressing up the pyramid a little bit here, Scott. And just your thoughts on this Temple game on the road. You know, a tougher test, I think. But BC has a good chance uh, to get kind of get the confidence going, in my opinion. Yeah, you're, you're definitely progressing, but you're making a gigantic jump from Temple to Clemson because you go, <laughs> that's a huge jump. It's a big entree. <laughs> you're right. You'd probably want to, you'd probably prefer someone else in the ACC to get your first conference game underneath your belt, but such is life. Um, Temple's got some, they have some good athletes. They beat Akron, which Akron gave them a pretty good game. Uh, they struggle against Rutgers mightily, but I think in today's, college football and even in today's NFL uh, with the lack of preseason and with the lack of kind of full padded double session practices you don't really know the identity of your team until about three or four weeks in so I think you're going to find out more about what exactly BC is in these next coming weeks who they're going to be and and who Temple's going to be and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle Temple on defense um, and then just see how the offense runs with Dennis. I don't expect them to to modify anything. And, and if anything, they'll probably have 
um, some more QB run available, which I'm sure scares people because of if Dennis Crosell gets hurt, then what happens? But it's a part of his game that I think BC needs to use. Frank Signetti uh, has done a really good job with that offense and, and working around that talent. But it really helps to have an offensive line like the one they have because if you if you look at that UMass game, especially, and people are like, oh, well, you, you only get 48 points, but they were never stopped on offense. I mean, they, they did what they wanted to do, and that offensive line was the reason for it. Yeah, that's really they played really well. It's a good point. The running game was did whatever they wanted. BC didn't really need to throw the ball that much, and when they did, guys were open, and there was time to throw the ball. So that, that this is where the whole collective whole of the team has to raise their game. Um, you lose a big-time player like Phil – other guys got to kind of pick up their game a little more to, to cover up for, for that and allow Dennis to be successful. So I, I think that as you go here to Temple, you want to see what this what they're going to look like and how they're going to evolve as a team and, and head down to Clemson and, and, and give them everything you can. But I think the biggest thing for them is to get a win versus Temple this week and then be on good footing as as you head into Missouri next week at home and, and then Clemson. Yeah, no question about it. You're right. Okay, Scott, wrap it up here. How was the scene in Amherst, the stadium? Any good eats out there? Uh, it was a nice day out. Was it, well, it was a great day. Um, I got to um, I, I got to go to the tailgate for a little bit, see some people at the tailgate. Nice. Uh, uh, saw some of the BC fans in attendance. It was a beautiful day there. Uh, not huge eats, press box eats. I had a turkey sandwich, a turkey sandwich and some Cool Ranch Doritos. Okay, so, it was, so yeah. It was pretty uh, Bare bones. basic. I'm, I'm missing out on the, uh, the Philly trip this weekend because I'm not going to be there, but uh, I'm sure everyone's going to get some cheesesteaks so they have some places to go. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll be taken care of in Philly. The guys, there's there's plenty of good spots to eat in Philly. Well, it's always fun, and uh, we thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And hopefully, we talk next week. The Eagles will be three and zero. You're right, and then we have a fun SEC team coming uh, to Chestnut Hill. First time since the late '80s, so that should be good in two weeks. So, as always, Scott, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. You know, bum to miss, bum to miss, bum to miss the game this upcoming week, but. Uh, it's my uh, parents' 50th wedding anniversary, so we're going to go see them and uh, spend some time with them and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the celebration of 50 great years. There you go. All right. Have a great time, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.